Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. are listening to the Tamariana show here at israelnewstalkradio.com this is a live show if you're listening on sunday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. holy time right here in the land of israel or if it's between 10 to 11 a.m. us eastern time because the United States has changed its clocks, but Israel still has it. We will be changing, I believe, on the 24th of March, another few days. Uh, so we are one hour, uh, we are six hours difference now instead of seven. So if you'd like to call into the show while the show is airing live on Sunday, you can do so. Our numbers are on the home page of, the, they're on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and you can call in and weigh in on the issues that we are talking about. And uh, our guest today, as always is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. We're going to be talking about a lot of interesting things today. Some of them, I'm not even sure what he's going to say, because as I always tell my listeners and, and as I always tell my guests, I don't want to know everything. I want to hear it for the first time with you, the listeners, because I want my reactions to be authentic. And I don't also, I also don't want to not ask the uh, guest on our show something because I already know it. And so I think everybody knows it. So when I hear these things for the first time, I can really uh, feel that I'm representing you much better asking uh, authentic questions and uh, things that I think need to be clarified, etc. So we're going to be talking about BB is short. Hmm? What? <laughs> also, Credit Suisse is part of the issue of banking. BB's weekend country leadership and U.S. banking nationalization. But first, we're going to start out with a letter from our listeners. And let me introduce our guest, and that is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University of the Negev. He's authored over 90 books and 400 research papers. He must have writer's cramp. <laughs> on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues. I want to welcome to the show Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. Uh, the BB was short was a comment about the, the, um, the, the subject about BB's weekend, not a separate subject. Well, you'll go more into that when we get to it. <laughs> Let's start out, though, with a, a letter that I received from my listeners that they had some questions, and I said that if we can, I will... Uh, try to answer them on the show. So they wrote that they're, that they're, I, I'm not giving out their names because I don't know if they want their names given out. And I'm very, very discreet when it comes to people's privacy. So uh, they're writing here, we are wanting to know about Saudi Arabia. We read a headline, they are, uh, that they are talking with Iran. Is this to help Israel as they had come alongside Israel during Trump's presidency? So let's start out with that question, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem. It's a fabulous question, I have to say it. But let me, let me make a few things clear here. First of all, uh, Saudi Arabia does not have an agreement with Israel. We do not have, we, they're not part of the peace process officially. Right. There are and have been for decades um, uh, 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 relations between the two countries under the table in secret, in Correct. quietly. Saudi Arabia uh, 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 is not part of the process as the readers 
question implies they have not been part of the process. However, when the UAE signed the um, the Abraham Accords, Saudi gave tacit approval to that signing, and it could not have happened without their tacit approval because Saudi Saudi the Saud family leads basically the uh, Gulf Cooperation Council, which is the council of all of the nations in the in the in the Persian Gulf. So that's the first aspect. The second aspect, uh, uh, China has. Um, uh, delivered an enormous, enormous diplomatic coup against the the uh, Biden uh, maladministration, and has managed to succeed in forming a peace agreement between Saudi Arabia and Iran, something which has not uh, uh, been possible for a very long time, and they have not had any relations at all, not even dipl mild diplomatic relations. For more than seventy, for more than seven years, it's an enormous coup for the Chinese, and basically, it has, for all practical purposes, almost completed the total expulsion of the United States government from the Middle East. So that's the issue of Saudis, Arabia, and Iran. There are, I imagine, I don't know for certain, still some discussions or some relations of some sort between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Publicly, we don't know what they are. So I want to weigh in for a moment and just make a remark that it's not to help Israel because every country is looking to help themselves, not another country. That's number one. And there is... Uh, uh, you can weigh in on this, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, that there that Iran has been sponsoring, um, was it Yemen and the Houthis? I forget, I forget the names of, of the tribe in a war against Saudi Arabia. They're giving them money, well, supporting not, them. Not exactly. The Houthi uh, uh, rebellion in Yemen. Now, there are two major factions in Yemen. There's a Shiite faction and a Sunni faction. The government traditionally, historically, in Yemen has been Sunni. The Houthis are a tribe in the north of Yemen. Um, uh, 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 Which is uh, the southern border of Saudi Arabia, Arabia everybody. They're yeah. sponsored by Iran. And there's a war between the two factions within Yemen. Saudi Arabia and previously the, the United Arab Emirates were supporting the Sunnis. And there the Arab Emirates have, have uh, rescinded their support. Uh, uh, their active support. They're, they're still supporting them uh, 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 inactively, but they're not actively supporting anyone. So, so, uh, so uh, uh, the, the Houthi rebellion is not against Saudi Arabia. It's against the Sunni government of, uh, of Yemen. Yemen, presently Sunni, the Sunni um, uh, um, expelled government. But of weren't Yemen. there spillover attacks into Saudi Arabia? Yes, there are. Okay, yes, there still are. So, and, and this is sponsored by Iran. It was a, there, there have been attacks both in in Saudi Arabia and also in the Emirates by the by the uh, Houthis, or at least ostensibly by the Houthis. Some have had. There have been some claims that the um, uh, the attack was actually carried out by Iran, and the Houthis were just used as a scapegoat. And by the way, there's a fascinating aside to this issue. Um, the, the, the Saudis had paid for, paid many mil billions of dollars, as would it be, billions of dollars to America for uh, air defense systems based, based around the Patriot system. The Patriot system totally failed. 
It did not protect anything. And after its failure, the Americans under Biden came and took the patriot system back without giving back the money that the Saudis had paid. And Saudis the Saudis wanted that because the they're afraid of Iran. Are, are rather miffed. But I, but I want to say here that Saudi Arabia and Iran are not friends. Saudi Arabia is afraid that Iran is going to take over Saudi Arabia because of well, the oil that they want the power. understand that the eastern part of Saudi Arabia is Shia. That is to say, that's the area where most of the where most of the of the of the petroleum is, and that's the area closest to the Gulf Coast. So there's always a, a scare in, in Saudi Arabia that the Iranians will try to take uh, Mecca and or Medina. But right now, that's not a, that's not a, a not overly realistic. The Saudis are strong enough to be able to pre- protect themselves on that level. Okay, but unless, I want to add, yeah, unless Iran manages to get actual nuclear weapon. Okay, and but I want to add here, Doctor Monica Benjamin, that part of or the majority of the motivation for these other Gulf states to enter into the Abraham Accords was because they hate Iran, they're afraid of Iran, and they, they want to side up with Israel because they feel it's to their benefit to keep Iran away. You're, you're more than correct. Both Kuwait and uh, uh, Bahrain are claimed by Iran as provinces that have, that have uh, uh, distanced themselves from Iran, and, they, and the Iranians claim that they are part of Iran. And so these, these countries are both um, more than just afraid. They are uh, uh, literally afraid to death. Terrified, yeah. Okay, so uh, we have another two minutes. Let's try to get to another question. And that of there is, and that is, uh, are the moderate Arabs who pulled away from the radicals at that time still holding together alongside Israel in general? Generally speaking, the answer to that is yes, and I can answer very simply. The answer is simply yes. There, there's no point in expanding that. Okay, and the last question. Is this banking fallout part of the push to centralize all currency and push us further into crypto? That's another easy question. <laughs> it's a very hard question, and we'll be talking about that in... Detailed, very, not hard, detailed. Very great detail in the, in, the, in, in, in the section when we talk about banking in just a few moments. Okay, well, we still have another minute, so why don't you lead I, us I, gently I thought there were other questions. There was another question. Wasn't there another question no, that I sent you? I think that's it. No, there's a question that I sent you. You're, you're missing it. Oh, I'm missing what? it. The Swiss. Uh, sorry. Why credit what? Swiss? Oh, okay. Is that, is that what the question was? <laughs> that's what you wrote me. Okay. Um, well, uh, maybe we should re- 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 put that into the banking thing as well. But let me just uh, 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 give a, a little bit forward here. And we, don't, we only have a few, a few seconds left, I think. Mm-hmm. And let me just say that Credit Suisse was the leading banking firm in Switzerland during the Holocaust in everything concerning uh, 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 the theft of Jewish funds uh, uh, from Holocaust victims. Right. A lot of people don't know about that. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a very complex uh, uh, subject. Um, many Jewish families had bank accounts in Switzerland, as do most Euro- uh, many Europeans across the continent. Or almost all of those um, uh, um, families uh, never got the money back after the Holocaust. Were, were, uh, and that's uh, why uh, Geneva. Uh, the city in Switzerland 
In Hebrew, it's Geneva, which is stealing. <laughs> We're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We are back here at the Tamariona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we are speaking with Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. We are live if you're listening on Sunday afternoon here in Israel, or if it's or if it's Sunday morning in the U.S. Eastern Time Zone. That means that we are live, and if there's anything that we're talking about that you'd like to weigh in on or ask a question, feel free to call into the show. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Com. And we were talking about the why Credit Swiss, and we're talking about the banking fallout, etc. And we ended it on uh, the Swiss, right, with Geneva. And I was saying there, which I thought was quite humorous, that in Hebrew, the, the well, I should say the city, Geneva, in Hebrew, you would pronounce it Geneva. <laughs> I'm joking. And, uh, and it means like stealing, theft so well, it's, like. it's pretty pretty it, funny it pretty stealing. humorous yeah pretty humorous so go ahead where would you like to take us there, okay so we want to talk about banking now now i have to warn people the subject that i'm talking about now is very complex and quite long a lot of this i've actually written the script so i don't make too many errors and i, I so if i sound a little bit like i'm reading i'm it's because i'm reading and i apologize um but uh, let, let's get on with the subject uh, under historically normal banking conditions and regulations, banks operate under a system called fractional reserves banking. And I'll explain that. What this means is that a bank, a bank basically is a first of all a, a repository of depositors' cash. Depositors come and ca um, deposit their cash, and then the bank uses that cash either for lending out or for making investments. And that's how the bank is supposed to make its money. So the question then rises, how much of that money is the bank allowed to lend out or invest or and or invest? And the answer to that historically has usually been that they are, are, are uh, uh, the regulators have, at least in the United States, have usually demanded that the banks keep at least 9% in reserve, 9% of their cash in reserve. And this is a buffer against small runs on the bank and small runs happen that's normal that's normal banking uh, uh things these, these things occur so you keep nine percent of your deposits in reserve and you have the you have this buffer so you always have cash on hand for anyone who demands their cash okay now what happened was that on uh, uh the 15th of march 2020 the new biden administration had been in in in, in power for exactly two months uh, actually, just 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 under two months, they changed the banking policy instead of nine percent to zero percent. In other words, banks could lend out all of the cash on hand. As far as I am aware, this is was unprecedented in human history. Never before have banks been allowed by regulators to not have a buffer to lend out all the cash. Totally irresponsible. That they had on hand. Yeah. And then we had a series of rate hikes, inflation, and negative yields. And, uh, and we don't have time for me to go into de great detail about what this actually means. But as a general, uh, a general statement, 
the bank SVB had invested a large amount of its capital in bonds. Bonds, like everything else, are market-driven. In other words, their price is driven by the market. When the rates, interest rates go up, the value of the bonds goes down. And, uh, 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 their bonds went down, and then there was a, uh, uh, an instance where some depositors began to withdraw cash. And we need to be aware that only 2.5% of the deposits in the bank were insured. In other words, the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, insures historically deposits up to $250,000. Everything else, everything in the, every dollar above that, in other words, if you have $251,000 in the bank, $250,000 are insured, $1,000 is not insured. But the vast majority of the depositors in the bank had millions in the bank, not thousands. So the vast majority, well over 90%, some say maybe as much as 97% of the total cash in the bank was uninsured. So when these, when, when the, there began to be some difficulties in the bank because of the uh, 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 value of, the, of their bond portfolio having uh, dived precipitously because of the rate hikes. And by the way, the rate hikes that the Fed has instituted over the past year are the fastest rate hikes in the history of American economy. So their, the value of their portfolio was dropping. The bank issued a statement that they were going to sell equity. And this is where the dishonesty comes in. They, they announced that they were going to sell equity, but the equity that they sold was not new equity, not new shares, but the shares that were held by the officers of the bank. It needs to be understood that the bank had almost no professional bankers as their officers. These were all political appointees. Political diversity, in, diversity. By the Democratic Party. And so they didn't know how to do risk management. They didn't know how to run it, manage the risk. And so the whole thing collapsed, like a like a like a house of cards that has been lit on fire. We need to understand since the SVB collapse, banks around the United States have lost a total of half a trillion dollars in their valuation. That's a big deal. Half a trillion dollars is a lot of money, even for American banks. Now I want to jump for a moment to the Israeli aspect of this. Um, as everyone knows, Israel is described in many cases as the startup nation. SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, was a bank entirely devoted to the issue of startups. Its largest branch outside of the United States was in Tel Aviv. 44% of Israeli startups are SVB customers. That's, that's big. Uh, 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 two days before the collapse, the CEO of SVB Israel strongly encouraged, may I use um, uh, uh, what's called air quotes, Israeli clients to transfer funds from Israel to SVB California in a political protest over the judicial reform. 
while SVV was in the process of collapsing, only two days later, all of these fools that actually transferred their money transferred it back. Not to SVB this time, but to, a, to different banks. That's part of why SVB collapsed. Because there was run on, on, on the capital. And again, a large portion of this run on the capital was initiated by the officers of the bank. With this asinine political move of this. Mm-hmm. So let's go on from there. As I said, this is a very complex subject. Silicon Valley Bank was not insolvent. It was illiquid. Now, many years ago, I'm talking about the, uh, the, the, the 70s and the, and the end of the 70s, the beginning of the 80s, I was consulting for, a, for one of the large banks in Israel. I don't think I, it's ethical for me to give the names. I won't. I was consulting for a large bank in Israel, and I learned at the time that their largest business in terms of uh, uh, profitability was what's called by the bank's overnight loans. So some bank, let's say in Italy or somewhere, puts out a notice, we need uh, $100 million for 12 hours. Who's up to giving us some of that, to lending us some money? So banks around the world that are part of this uh, 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 system say, okay, I can give you uh, uh, $10 million for 10 hours. Another bank says, I can give you $20 million for 24 hours, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Remember, if it's a, 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 banks can do this if they have extra liquidity that they can lend out for a short period of time. And of course, you don't really need securities for these loans because no bank would dare to break its word on something like this. They would never be believed again. And this is an integral part of banking, of international banking. So if SVB was just illiquid and not insolvent, why did it collapse? The answer is that the Fed had held an interest at, uh, um, uh, uh, had an interest in seeing SVB collapse, and we do not know why. I can take a stab. I'm, I'm, I'm open. Because when you when because when you collapse the uh, the the money and the faith in the economy and the currency, then you can change it. And they want to go to digital. No, you're going too far. This is, I don't you, think so. You, 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 I could be that, wrong. I don't to, know, but that's what I bigger expect. than SVB. Well, it starts out with one, and it, yeah, well, I mean, they, 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 you don't do it that way. That's not the way that they would do it. I mean, no. Even Biden isn't that dumb. Oh, I don't think Biden's doing anything. I think this is all being done by other people. He's just a puppet. Biden is much too stupid to do anything. It really is. I mean, it's just just phenomenal. I I have to, apropos Biden, I have to say, Biden made a statement about SVB Bank, uh, about SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. And uh, I have to say, every single word that he stated there was a lie. There was not a single point that he made that was true. Nothing. It was an entirely a lie, and it was to such an extent that I, I don't know how. Uh, if America still had any sort of journalism, the journalists should be totally ashamed of themselves. But America doesn't have journalism, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, well, we're going to hold it right there because we're going to a break. We're going to be back after these messages. 
We're back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We are live this Sunday afternoon in Israel, and we are talking with Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. We're talking about the banking system, what we need to be aware of, and go ahead, take it away. Okay. Um, everyone should be aware that uh, everyone's heard of SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, has heard of Signature Bank, most have probably also heard of First Republic Bank. Um, people should be aware that at least 34 other American banks are considered to be at greater list, risk than SVB. Now, most of those are relatively small banks. Some are our regional hubs, but most of them are considered to be relatively small banks. But what happened? Why was First Republic, uh, why did the big banks, the owners, by the way, of the Federal Reserve System, deposit $30 billion in First Republic to save it? I don't have an answer, but that's, an, that's, that's a, a, a legitimate question that is not being asked. Now, I, I'd like to discuss for a moment a uh, uh, gentleman by the name of Noriel Robini, one of the leading economists today in the world. Uh, 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 he, he lives in America. Uh, he's enormously smart, if I can, if I can use that, ter that terminology. He's enormously uh, articulate, very interesting to listen to him. I strongly recommend anyone who is interested in this subject to listen to anything that he has to say. He's described this as a, I quote, extremely dangerous moment. He says the following, global debt stands at 350% of global GDP and rising. That's a phenomenal number. When central banks raise rates to fight inflation, resulting from too much printing, the cost of the debt central banks uh, uh, central banks rates to fight, I'm sorry, the, co the cost of the debt rises. This is called a debt crisis, and we are just at the beginning of that. On the one hand, inflation is still very high, and the market needs a, needs a rate hike, but interest rates also have a cost which can lead to more defaults. There is too much debt and too much inflation. This is an inherent conflict. Financial stability will create more inflation. Fighting inflation will cause instability. Real economy and financial economy are in conflict and contradiction. The bloodbath is only at its very beginnings. End quote. So explain what that means to the average person. Uh, banks around the world, for, because of the, or ostensibly because of the uh, 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 coronavirus crisis that was that was uh, uh, inflicted upon us all, and I, I won't go into that at the moment, um, printed money at unprecedented rates. Uh, 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 the Biden now administration printed, if I'm not mistaken, my number or something on the order of five and a half trillion dollars in liquidity, uh, uh, all of which flew into, into the market and basically poisoned it. And in addition to that, particularly where Americans current, when you combine a uh, 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 tremendous uh, uh, over over liquidity and printing of money, with also the um, uh, uh, the utter incompetence of people like uh, Buttigieg and Mallorca and uh, 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 Austin and basically every cabinet member in the in the present in the present uh, government of the United States, um, 
the, the situation is just flammable. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just explosive, and that's what we're seeing here, and that's why he called it a bloodbath because it, it's, it's, it's the situation is literally unprecedented in human history. We have never before in on all of human history had a situation of uh, 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 enormous. Uh, um, uh, 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 liquidity over and above anything that's needed, and banks failing, and as 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 Robini said, fighting inflation will cause instability. Fighting st financial stability will cre will create more inflation. This is one of those uh, economic conundrums that we do not know how to fix. Humanity does not know how to fix this. Okay, so I'm going to ask you again, what does that mean for the average person? Oh, it means a great deal. It means that, first of all, the, the, the level of risk today is very, very high. Uh, 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 no one can predict where things are going or how they're going to do it. Let me just give an give a, 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 a example, which on the surface it looks like a, an almost trivial example, but it's far from trivial in reality. Um, the Pentagon has sent to Ukraine... Something on the order of forty or fifty billion dollars in equipment. The Pentagon is now asking to replace that equipment. That sounds logical, right? But the Pentagon is asking for three hundred billion dollars to replace fifty billion dollars worth of equipment. That's economic instability. There's no way to explain that using economics. No one knows what that really means. Everyone knows that that is totally. Um, how do you say it? Um, um, lost the word in English. Uh, 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 crooked. It's not, not in the sense of dishonest, but in, in the sense of just not straight, not real, not normal, not, not anything that makes sense. This is what's called loser economics. That's what we have today in the United States. Um, uh, just to give uh, uh, some, all, some other aspects of this. Uh, India is now buying increasing amounts of Russian oil and coal, and the, and, the Indian, and the Indian government has asked banks and traders to not use the dollar any longer for the international trades, mm -hmm. but to use the dirham for the uh, the the, U, the Emirates dirham. The dirham is the uh, a currency from the United Arab Emirates. Another blow to the U.S. dollar. All these people are saying, "Oh, the dollar is going to collapse. Oh, the dollar is not going to collapse." It's not a question of binary here. It either is or is not. The dollar is in a process right now of fading. It will remain a major world reserve currency for decades. But I, I will go out on a limb and predict that within a decade, it will no longer be the only reserve currency in the world. There will be more than one. And that will very significantly weaken the United States, weaken everything that the United States depends upon for its hegemony around the world. Okay. So uh, uh, another thing people should be aware of, uh, I mentioned that the, uh, the largest branch of, uh, of Silicon Valley Bank was in, was in uh, Tel Aviv. Of course, it's closed now. Uh, the second largest branch outside the United States was in London. Um, uh, uh, the, uh, HSBC Bank has just bought it for one dollar. That gives you some idea of what it's worth. 
one dollar. So things are going to change, and it's going to be. Things painful. are going to change, and they're changing much more rapidly than people are aware of, or people are uh, are, are prepared for. All right, so we're going to look at this probably for the next <laughs> several several shows coming up. I, I hope we won't be looking at it for the next several shows, but the world will be looking at this for the next decade at least. All right, let's move on because we're running out of time. Let's go on to BB. Uh, BB's okay. weekend, country leadership, Perfect. and BB is short. What does that mean? No, no, not BB is short. I said the section about BB is a short section. Oh. <laughs> <BB is> short. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to um, um, express the difference between a country with a leader and a country without a leader. Um, BB just took over the government once again. Uh, uh, for, uh, um, for, I don't remember how many terms. This uh, is the difference between a leader, a real leader, and a person who genuinely despises his country. Israel is growing. Our tiny country is becoming a dominant player for Europe. And this is totally revolutionary. BB is now in discussions with uh, uh, Germany and Italy, and I've mentioned this issue in the past. I mentioned that Germany has, until now, uh, under the previous our previous government, avoided um, uh, 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 buying natural gas from Israel, preferring to buy it from places which are far farther away and where it will be much more expensive and much more complex logistically. BB has now evidently convinced them to purchase gas from us. Um, I, want, I want to explain what us means here. What we're talking about is something called the, uh, 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 the, the Eastern Mediterranean, or, uh, uh, um, uh, um, which is actually a, a conglomerate, an informal conglomerate between um, uh, uh, Israel, Greece, Cyprus, uh, Egypt, uh, Lebanon. Uh, um, uh, uh, with France, UAE, and Italy as observers. Ah, okay. And we're working together, all these, all these four countries. We're working together because Israel and Egypt and Cyprus all have large undersea deposits of gas. I don't know the economics of how we're splitting it up. I'm not, I didn't get involved at that level of detail. And we're now discussing with them the financing and uh, building of a pipeline from the uh, Eastern Mediterranean to ship gas to Europe. We have enough gas, all of us together, to supply Europe with a large portion of its gas that used to get from Russia at prices which are competitive to Russia. By the way, Russia, uh, some years ago, attempted to block this, actually. They attempted to actually purchase some of the gas fields from Israel in an attempt to block the competition. Right. And Israel, of course, refused that because we have brains and not sawdust for between our ears. Um, in addition to that, in addition to creating a situation where Europe will be purchasing gas from Israel, uh, by the way, we're talking about $9 billion investment for the pipeline. So it's not, we're not talking about trivial money here. Um, in addition to that, uh, uh, Netanyahu is in the process of finalizing an arms deal with Germany. Think of that, people. Germany buying arms from the Jewish state. Is it? I mean, that I don't. I don't even. I don't. I don't even know how to describe that. God works in mysterious ways. Yes. 
Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> Germany, buying arms from the Jewish state. I love it. Anyway, we're talking about uh, 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 Germany signing an arms deal with, with, with Israel. We're talking about an arms deal which is valued on the order of many billions of dollars. Not a trivial deal. We're not talking about selling them 100 rifles. We're talking about selling them a lot of really advanced stuff. Um, and he's supposed to go, be going to London as well to finalize another arms deal. And there are rumors not confirmed yet that there's another arms deal with, with Italy as well. So, and so what, I just want to ask you, what does Europe want? What, what are they afraid of? Are they afraid of Russia? What are they afraid of? Oh, why are they arming themselves? Yes. Well, first of all, because the, 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 uh, uh, the, the expression in Israel that the, the token has finally dropped into the box, and what Trump was saying to them that they have to pay their own way is finally coming home to roost because of the war in Ukraine. So they finally figured that it's time for them to start um, uh, uh, taking some uh, 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 interest in their own defense. Um, of course, they don't have any people that actually use these arms. They don't have young men and women because they don't bother to give birth to people. They're too hedonistic to even bother to give birth. But, you know, okay, that's, that's their problem, not ours. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Another aspect of this, which I find, which I believe is more important than the actual sales themselves, is that one of the aspects of what BB is doing here with these deals is he's saying, wait a minute, you guys want gas from us? That's nice. You want arms from us? That's nice. You're going to change the way you vote in the U.N., and if you don't change the way you vote in the end in, in the United Nations, we're going to close the spigot and you will not get that gas. And he's saying that openly. Now, we, people need to be aware in all post World War II history, Germany has never voted with Israel in the United Nations. Never. There have been some times when they abstained. But they have never voted with us. They almost always vote against us. And they're always one of the first to uh, uh, um, uh, uh, condemn actions of Israel. Well, that's going to change evidently right now. I should mention that the East Med uh, cooperation is, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, was initially proposed in, in 2019. Biden attempted to block it. One of the first things it did uh, when he came into office was he uh, uh, blocked uh, th this thing for, for some undisclosed political reasons, which he was not willing to dis discuss till now. Um, uh, Europe, of course, uh, 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 the, 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 the slave dogs that they are to Biden, uh, they, they immediately ceased all negotiations with Israel about this. But when the Ukraine war uh, intensified, and they found that they weren't getting uh, 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 gas from Russia almost at all. By the way, there is still one pipeline going through Ukraine to Europe with Russian gas. People, you're not allowed to talk about that. Um, uh, and Biden was selling the, uh, the Europeans liquefied natural, natural gas for something like 10 times the price that they were paying previously. So they suddenly discovered that um, uh, uh, they can talk to us as well. Um, so, as I said, Israel is demanding as part of the deal that, Euro that European Union starts to play nice. 
uh, in the UN, not only in the UN, by the way. Every European action regarding Israel, every United Nations votes regarding Israel will be examined from now on in light of the new circumstances. So you choose. You're either going to fund illegal construction in, in Area A or you're going to get heat in this winter. What do you want? Now, remember what something I said last week. United, the, the, the European Union and European governments have funded and built oh, well over 80,000 illegal buildings throughout uh, 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 Area A in the Negev and in the Galil. This will, this BDS is attempting to, to stop it. This is the difference between a real leader that loves this country and a person like Biden that despises his country. I, I just wanted to comment on Europe needing to decide whether they're going to, you know, keep uh, helping the terrorist organizations here in Israel or decide on helping their own people. It, that depends how deep their hatred runs for the Jewish people. I mean, we saw with the Nazis, with Hitler, he was using the trains to try to get every last Jew he could into the gas chambers rather than use those trains to give supplies and food to his own soldiers who were starving to death and didn't have ammunition. Well, that's not exactly accurate. I mean, the vast majority, more than 50% of the, of the murders occurred during 1943. So it long before he needed them desperately for the Eastern Front. So that, that notion is not exactly, is not quite exact. And I should add that um, uh, uh, it's more than just, the, in that sense, more than just uh, Nazi Germany. There's also the United States. The United States had the ability from 1942 to interdict the railroad tracks, and they knew that, that people were being murdered. And they intentionally allowed the murders to continue and refused on principle to uh, interdict the railroad tracks. Just as they refused when there were uh, Jewish partisan groups, they would drop arms to the Polish partisan groups or the French partisan groups or the or the Belgian partisan groups and not drop them to the Jewish partisan groups. That's another thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know... The, you know but the hatred for Jews in Europe is pretty strong still. The hatred for Jews in Europe is... 2,000 years old and should not be belittled. It, it's still there. It's still very uh, germane. It still controls their actions on almost everything that they do. Certainly everything they do concerning Israel. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to claim, and this is a, a sort of a vast claim that I'm, I'm going to make, that it, 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 as time goes on, it matters less and less. I don't care how much they hate because they're all dying. Every European country is dying. Um, uh, 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 England has just announced that their birth rate is down to 1.5. Their population is shrinking. Every European country has a birth rate which is below replacement, well below replacement. Some of them, like Holland, may be as low as 1. Uh, as 1.2. Um, uh, 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 uh. Not only that, not only do they have, do they not have young people, but they have an overabundance of old people, which means that their economies are all collapsing as well. Germany no longer has the industry that it used to have. It doesn't have the people that it used to have. 
And of course, this goes through almost every European country. The only European countries that are in any way healthy today in that sense are Greece and Cyprus because they're cooperating with us. So technically, they could still exist by just bringing in more immigrants, but then they would lose the identity, their identity as a people. It's not just loss of identity. You're right, of course. Uh, but it's not just loss of identity. You have to remember also that uh, uh, a German who grows up in Germany has a certain level of education aside from cult- uh, acculturation. A person that they bring in as an adult from whatever, Turkey, uh, Libya, uh, Afghanistan, does not have that education. So they cannot take the same kinds of jobs in industry that uh, that uh, that the native German can. Without saying anything negative about them as persons, they, they just haven't had the education. They just don't have the 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 the, the, the knowledge and background to do the to do these jobs. I mean, you you can't take a a person with a a, a a fourth grade education from Afghanistan and call him an engineer tomorrow. It just doesn't work. Okay, so we have a few more minutes left. What, is there anything that you wanted to cover that we haven't? Um, uh, no, I think we've about uh, we've about done it. Uh, uh, I shouldn't. I can mention a few other little statistics. I, I, you know what? People, Maybe might, might be I go. Right? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, uh, 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 we talked about the uh, the the bailout of uh, of uh, Silicon Valley Bank. With the Biden administration uh, talking about bailing out all of the deposits, we should be aware the mean U.S. bank account is $41,000. So insuring up to $250,000 makes sense, both economically and socially. But they're talking about insuring up to tens of millions of dollars. In other words, this is a bailout only of millionaires, not of the, not of the, not of the folk. Okay, I think maybe the last part of the show here, we can, because uh, I'm getting a lot of messages from listeners that they, they don't understand what's going on in here in Israel. They're hearing about, we're on the verge of a civil war, and oh, what is this excellent. about the, ju- yes. Yes. the judicial yes. reform, etc. So let's explain yes. exactly what's going on here. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you. I forgot, I, we, should, we definitely should talk about that. Okay, first of all, let me make something clear. We are in a civil war. Most people think, Civil war, that means uh, shops in the street. We're not talking about that. The civil war is a social civil war. There's a social upheaval between the so-called old guard, the elites of the country, or the people that consider themselves to be elite. A.K.A. the Um, left. Go ahead. Sorry? I'm just putting in A.K.A. the left. Just like in the United States. Just like in the United States. That's not not an accurate description. Why? Okay. So then explain why. Okay, uh, so uh, well, it's like describing them as Ashkenazim. They're not necessarily Ashkenazim. It's not a question just of Ashkenazi Sephardi. It started out that way. It's not that way today. I have many, many Ashkenazi friends that are enormously uh, 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 adamant about this judicial reform. And so it's not a question of Ashkenazi Sephardi that enters into it, but that's not the description of it. It's not a question of right and left. Many people can be uh, leftists in terms of many things, but they don't want the government to be controlled by the courts. 
We have to understand what's going on here. Wait, well, wait, 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 wait. I, I want to insert something here because, because <laughs> the left wing that have the ideology of anybody but Bibi, they cannot stand Bibi. They don't want the right to be in power. They lost in the democratically held elections that we had and because they lost in these democratic elections so now they're trying to bring down the entire government because well we lost the elections bb's in how do we what do we do now so if we can't win them destroy them that's what a lot of people are doing here oh that's absolutely correct but but that's not that's not a good description either by itself the 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 so-called left first of all hates democracy they do not believe in democracy and they never have Certainly, Aaron Barak does not believe in democracy. He's, he, he, he said it openly. Aaron Barak, for anybody who doesn't know, was the head of the Supreme Court here in Israel. He was not only the head of the Supreme Court, he was the one who initiated and implemented the, the so-called judicial reform that was previous to the present judicial reform. That was back in the 70s, I believe. Okay, We need to understand that for the first 40-plus years of the state, there was a... Uh, a clear balance between the Supreme Court and the Knesset and the Parliament. And the balance was respected by both sides. When Aaron Barak became the head of the uh, uh, Israeli Supreme Court, he announced, this is public, it's not, I'm not saying anything that's, that's hidden in any way, that he wanted to change the system of government to make the Supreme Court supreme above not only the court system, but above all other aspects of government, including both the the legislature and the executive branch. And that's what he that's what he implemented. And unfortunately, there were there were many parliamentarians that did not understand what was going on. And let's add that this all happened after the left again lost control of the country <laughs> because in democratic elections again. Menachem Begin and the right wing won and totally threw the left into the opposition and they were shocked. They, they described it as an earthquake, as, you know, something radical. And they realized that with this loss of power, they had to do something fast. Go ahead. Okay, let me make it very clear what exactly Tamara is saying here. I was at the time involved uh, in a, uh, 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 as a consultant in a deal a three-way deal for uh, for uh, um, uh, um, uh, the purchase of a computer company, a small com- computer company here. Um, the purchaser was uh, the newspaper called Haaretz and its owner, um, uh, Amos Token. He was buying it for his sister's for his sister's husband, who he despised, and he wanted to get rid of the guy. So he was going to buy him a computer company to put him out on the side and not have to pay attention to him. And I was consulting for the people that were selling the company. And the company just said, if anyone is interested, anybody knows anybody and anything about the history of computing, there used to be a major computer company called Wang, and this was the Wang representative in Israel at the time. So I had many discussions with, with Amos Sokin, who was of the far left, and anyone knows the, the, the newspaper Haaretz, if it can be called a newspaper, the rag Haaretz, uh, 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 said to me in no uncertain terms, and I'm, I'm translating it, but it's close, as close to a quote as a translation can be. The right 
has no right to govern in the country. We own it. We decide what is right. And I will destroy the, com the country in order to get Begin out of the government. So much for democracy. <laughs> okay, go. None of these people give a damn about democracy, nor have they ever. They don't. Democracy has nothing to do with what they're doing. The people that are against it, every poll that has been taken since the this judicial reform issue has arisen shows between 70 and 80 percent of the population, of the general population, is in favor of it. To various degrees, I won't go into the details. To various degrees, some people want more of this issue, more of that issue. The, the judicial reform is not one issue. It's 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 a, a it's a it's a it has a complexity behind it. Between 70 and 80 percent are in favor of it, and these people on the uh, 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 that are that are against it are, are against it not for issues of left and right, not for issues of even Ashkenazi uh, Sfaradi. They're they're against it because they do not want to lose their power. This is their power base. Correct, correct. Now, it's not oh, the way you need to understand. It's not their only power base. It's the most important of them. They also own, for instance, the the the, the, the journalism and the, and the news media. They own the uh, the, the the all of the, all of the um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, deep state in terms of education ministry. They own the foreign the foreign the foreign ministry. So they have other sources of power, and this is not their only source of power, but it's the most important of them, and it's the most powerful of them, and that's what's at stake here. So anybody who's now all of the journalists all over the world are telling you they're coming about it because they are afraid it's it's forming dictatorship, absolute rubbish, absolute nonsense. There is no country in the world that selects judges the way they're selected here in Israel. There is no country in the world. <clears throat> where the judiciary can cancel any law or any action of the executive merely for the issue of what they call it does not sound reasonable to us. There's no basis in law for that. They've usurped this power for, with no basis and there is no reason whatsoever to accept this any longer. And, and if I had to put it in a nutshell... I would say that the left does what the left does, and that is totally twist reality and accuse the other people of doing what they themselves are doing. And they're screaming that we're doing this because we want democracy and we don't want to live in a dictatorship. And that's exactly what they are doing with, by, by trying to prevent this, uh, this reform f from going through. And again, they lost the election in, democratically. The majority of the people of Israel voted in a center-right government. And with these people's votes, which is, again, the majority of Israel, they're now trying to make a better, fairer, more just court system that's going to represent the people uh, or leadership uh, 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 with everything that's going to represent the, the people and make it less of a dictatorship and give the people more power where they can choose who's going to be judges, etc. And and they're totally t spinning it the exact opposite. And they are... As they far as the spin is concerned, yeah. I should mention that uh, uh, the, 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 this proto-left, or whatever they call themselves these days, uh, they have a series of operational manuals. One of the manuals is a book written by Noam Chomsky, 
was a horrible, monstrous person, and I will say that very clearly, and he can sue me if he bloody well pleases, and I will prove it. Um, and he wrote the, the whole issue of how to go about this kind, what you're calling spin. And he wrote the manual of how to do it, just like Saul Alinsky wrote the manual for other things, and Regis Debray wrote other things, and uh, uh, Herbert Marcuse wrote other things. So they have this series of books that describe how to do these things, and they're extremely well organized. And I should also mention, and perhaps we should close with this, um, just so people don't misunderstand, particularly people in the United States, the United States Department of State has officially acknowledged publicly, not loudly, but publicly, that they are both involved in organizing and in funding of these demonstrations. So we need to be aware that this is coming from somewhere just as Obama tried to do it, Barack is, uh, uh, Biden is trying to do it. And I, I want to add here also that, uh, that uh, first of all, there's not as many people in the streets as the media is saying that there are. That's number one. And that some of the people who are marching there are being paid, apparently, to show up there. And on top of that, there are people who are marching there that think that they're marching for democracy because that's what they're being told that we have to go out and prevent dictatorship and they're getting all these scare things. But when they realize the truth, because people that I know have explained the truth to them, they said, Oh, I didn't know that. And then they stopped marching with these, uh, with these people who want to destroy the government of Israel. So it's not only that, but when, when these journalists, when these pseudo journalists count the number of people, so to speak, they also count the counter-marchers as well as part of the same demonstration. <laughs> okay, so the media does what the media does. Yep. Yes. And with that, I guess uh, we will we will start to uh, end the show. So we talked about a lot of subjects. I hope that we cleared up the judicial reform here in Israel. I'm hoping that it's going to go through, that the people's will should go through and not the left's uh, will to weaken the country uh, and uh, to spin things out of proportion and uh, and just plain not tell the truth and try to bring I'm the government down. I'm that you remember to bring that subject up because it's a very important subject and I've forgotten to uh, include it. Well, there's, you know, nobody better to explain it than you, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. No, because, you know, you're a scientist. You look at things from very rational and I get very passionate about things. So it's a, it's a good uh, mix. All right. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. You've been listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 
Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India. And I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Da from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.